Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Uh, Director Magnus von Horn's Sweat chronicles the harrowing journey of the beloved fitness influencer, Sylvia Sions, and that's played by Magdalena Koleshnik in a star-making role who is seemingly has made it. Hundreds of thousands of social media followers, endorsement deals, photo spreads in magazine. But as she starts to share more and more online, the rising pressure from concerned sponsors and increasingly obsessive fans forces her to confront her deepest insecurities and the exhaustive demands on her lifestyle. The film is wonderful. It's called Sweat, and we're joined today by the director of the film, and that is Magnus von Horn. Magnus, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much. Great to be here. This is a film, and the storyline is is obviously kind of a very contemporary um, story, but the interactions, the relationships, the the way in which it plays out is is not necessarily contemporary it's it's humanity it's the way we are but this extra layer of of social media and the impact it has on Sylvia in her life is uh it's an a really interesting character study where what inspired this story well i think you, you what you say is exactly right uh, i mean the packaging is very modern contemporary but inside it's a story I can relate to as well, and I'm not an influencer or even into fitness. The beginning of, I think the inspiration to the film was also very much based on watching uh, life on social media. And uh, it was about an influencer I started following in 2015 on Snapchat. I think that's the when I, for the first time, um, saw an influencer, which was at that time called a motivator. And uh, I was fascinated with the amount of uh, posts and films she was sharing every day. And I was quite judgmental about it at the beginning. I felt it was very shallow and I was quite provoked and I called it narcissistic and I was quite cynical. But then I also started wondering why am I reacting in, uh, in a negative way when she seemed so happy? Right. And uh, I, like, I, I tried to access like, analyze myself a bit and there was a kind of jealousy I think I was feeling towards her ability to spontaneously share content uh, on social media you know when I make a post I think about it for a long time Uh, I'm very passive when it comes to sharing uh, very active when it comes to observing I wondered like what is maybe what is more narcissistic not being able to share because the fear of what other people will think or the completely uncensored sharing of everything Uh, and I wondered I mean as a humanist I believe we're all basically the same inside once we get past lots of layers it interested me like where do I meet this influencer Sylvia that in sweat where do I meet her like where where do we connect and on what level like you said does it uh, stop being a story about social media and it's just humans there's so many things I like about the film, the sort of the, the technical side of it. Uh, when I first started watching it, I really thought I was watching a documentary. It took me into a documentary space for the first few minutes. 
I actually had to check my notes to be honest with you to see did I is I thought this was a narrative and and so I I really like what you how you put us in the middle of her life I believe we're we're talking about the very first thing we see is the exercise class that she's going through and the energy she's bringing and then these are things that we're used to I mean we're used to seeing people do all of the things that we see she, she's doing which is an interesting sort of meditate on the film itself the fact that it feels like a documentary initially even really throughout it it has a documentary behind the scenes verite we've seen these kind of movies play out at they are documentaries but this is obviously there's a whole another layer in this film and it, there's there's other questions besides the relationship part of the the film and her sort of mental state and her relationship with her family and her her friends and the but there is this kind of um the expectation of privacy, what are the boundaries in, in, in a legal sense, in a social sense, because people who take this step, knowingly or not, are essentially eviscerating the expectation of privacy. And what does that do to someone's psyche? Have I sort of wandered off the reservation here? Or is no, that... no, no, no. I think that's really interesting. It's where does uh, something end and something else begin question. It's like, where is something true and where is something fake? And is there such a clear division between the two? I, I don't believe so. I think it's like constantly floating. I think it's also, I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm reflecting on things you said because there are so many interesting things you said about the, like the documentary style, but it's basically, it's, it's a fiction, it's a narrative. What I like that game that uh, to find a kind of a, a doc or a natural uh, flow to the storytelling that feels very connected to everyday life or the way things happen in our lives that is not necessarily so dramatic and pushing plot forward. I, I, I'm trying not to be so concerned about that, but to enter life in a way where we feel attracted to this character, there is something we want to find out. We, we, it's, we don't really know why we're interested yet because it's not about plot. And there's, there's a, there, it's about character. And then to play with this thing of this natural documentary um, uh, style of the film and at certain moments just completely go into a different form of narrative, which I think like the stalker brings out and things like this. And to really, you know, sometimes go, hey, you're watching a, a fiction, yeah? But then to still in, be in a documentary kind of way. And I like that mix. I like it as an audience as, as well when I watch a film and um, I get a mixture of styles from time to time, uh, yeah. mixtures of, of storytelling. And I don't know <laughs> where one thing stops and the other one begins completely. And also about the character, like what is true and what is fake in her life, in her public space and so on. It's, it's not so clearly defined uh, because I think the audience does such a great job kind of putting their own meaning into all this. So the film doesn't need to be, I mean, I know where we were working on it and doing it and in the name of what. But I don't think that's so important in the end because what's important is what kind of meaning the audience gives to the images and the scenes they see. And everyone does that differently, especially when it's a topic such as uh, social media because everybody has a strong opinion about social media or influencers. So it's the ability to project yourself on the, on the screen or your own emotions on the screen and that's when I mean, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I think that's when cinema becomes a dialogue between audience and screen. Again, I mentioned this to you before we started. 
that I'm not, I don't use social media very much. I use it when I have to sort of, it's becomes, it's kind of part of what I do with the show, but I don't use it much beyond that. But we in the United States, that wall that you're talking, that I'm talking about, and I think you're as well, of privacy and, and our projection of, to the world of, our, of who we are was just obliterated by the Kardashians here in the United States. They, their whole life became theater. Their whole, and, it, and the fact that it sort of took off in the way it did said to me that there is, I mean, there's an audience for just seeing, you know, beautiful people doing stupid things, I guess. I guess that's sort of the appeal. But, um, but also you do see this staged or not, but you see some version of interaction between them and relationships and you get to know them, but you don't know them. And, and that's, that's the thing that there's this element in your film as well. We know her, but we don't, but we're getting to know her, right? And as she comes out, and I can imagine someone like Sylvia, who's the first blush of success, suddenly she has 600,000 followers. This is, this is it. She's made it. And then you really zero in on her and her life. And this is where this becomes such a compelling story because you focus on her and we get to know all of the things, not only as a person, but all of these other unknown things are starting to happen to her. She couldn't have anticipated, right? I mean, but, but, it, but isn't, it, isn't it interesting? I think what's interesting in that is that uh, the relationship we as people have to images and storytelling and what we see on any screen where a character is present, real or fiction or fictional, because like the Kardashians, whatever, like we, we watch that reality show. And even if we know like what we see, it's not reality. We speak about it as a kind of reality. If, uh, uh, what was it late, lately? There was some, I don't know. It was something about an image that leaked from one of their accounts, which wasn't retouched the body, something. And it was the whole thing about body positivity and so on. And um, uh, I think it was uh, Chloe Kardashian. Okay. And there was some kind of big, but the interesting thing is that people still, I mean, we speak about it as Chloe did this, Chloe did that, and Chloe said this, and then Chloe reacted like that. But Chloe is, I guess it's, she's also a brand. There's people working around that image. But we like the idea that it's just her with her phone and it's her with her uh, problems. And we, we choose the illusion even to see it as, as not a group of people working behind her, but just Chloe and her phone. Right. And I, I mean, I don't have proof that it's not only, I, I think it's not only Chloe and her phone, uh, <laughs> but I think it's the same with Sylvia, yeah. um, with the way that, you know, she, she part of her life, she chooses to share. And we as followers like to call that her life and the image we create, that's who she is. That's why I like the, the scene when she meets this old friend in the shopping mall who starts sharing with her in the, the same way that she feels Sylvia shares with her through the phone. Yes. It's a complete clash. And it's just, it's just, <laughs> I like that confrontation. I was just going to mention that scene because the way I saw it, as well, because by the by the time we meet her and her the friend at the at the mall, we know how she's this kind of internet popular kind of uh, I won't say sensation, but she's well known and she's well known for what she does, and it's a very positive a positive uh, image that she has. But I had every expectation that when Sylvia 
let her guard down and told her something about if she went away, you know, that that part of the story. I really thought that was going to come back to bite her. I really thought that, that woman was going to turn that over to some a tabloid and use it against her. I, I thought oh, that that she should never have done that. Right. Because now she's going to be ready for this TV show. And all of a sudden it's going to come out that she she you know, I just I really thought that was going to happen. Uh, it plays out in other ways. And I just, but it all, that's another thing about sweat is that you start building in these expectations because first of all, for me, especially it's a world I'm not, I, I can't imagine living in. I can't imagine what it would be like to walk out my door and have people with cameras waiting for me to walk out there or whatever. I mean, it's that yeah. level of scrutiny would just be unimaginable, but people sign up for it. So she does. And she's, she wants this as part of her life. And she is amazing because in that particular scene, as that woman is describing her life to her, what has happened, this traumatic event, she takes on this look on her face. Like she's listening. She's, you can imagine that she is not really listening. She has this look on her face where she sort of goes into this kind of frozen look of an empathetic person, right? But we're yeah, not sure that she really is absorbing what, or if this is just noise to her. So yeah. that to me was a great scene. I thought this is really kind of a whole lot of things are happening. She's now sort of back to somebody that she knows and didn't knew her before. I mean, who knew her before. And now is she, is she hearing this? Is she really kind of sympathizing or does she have to assume this persona of, I can't possibly absorb everything that's being thrown at me by my fans. I can't possibly, I need a defense mechanism. Again, it's just kind of what I was reading into all of that. Yeah, but that, that's, uh, uh, I think that's really interesting. And I mean, that was one of, one of the first scenes I wrote for the film in the screenplay. That was one of the first scenes. It was very long, a long dialogue scene about kind of emotional hijacking in a shopping mall. And, uh, but I like what, what it turned out. But I think it's also what we spoke about a lot is, which I also, I, it's a good uh, kind of lesson in directing, <laughs> but there was one point to, to tell my, like that Magda does, like Sylvia doesn't really remember this friend from the past. Right. That's what she went into that, that she, kind of she, frozen. Yeah, she, 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 yeah because she, so she just pretends to remember yeah. her, but really she's just sitting struggling to think, where do I know her from? Yes. And this woman is, this friend, uh, presumably, this friend is telling her about a miscarriage she had. Yeah. And these clashes, it's just, I, I find it, um, first of all, I think it's uh, uh, it's funny or hilarious in a very tragic way. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I think it's moving, but it's also deeply humane that you make such effort just to keep up a straight face and try and look empathetic when you really just don't remember the person. Right, right. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Magnus von Horn. He's the director of this terrific uh, narrative film called Sweat. And that for me is the beginning of her kind of coming, beginning to come to terms with this is the, this is the persona that she is going to have to become more and more comfortable with because this is a woman she knew, but she can't remember. Yeah. Now, yeah. all the people that are coming into her life in some manner speaking in the future will people will be people she never knew, but she has to pretend like she cares about them or has just has to be able to establish some kind of a relationship with yeah and, yeah. and they're going to be coming at her 
faster and faster because of her popularity. And I think for me, that's the point at which she's starting. It's starting to dawn on her that this she's bereft of a lot of things emotionally in her life. But now she's got to backfill it with something that she's not really ready for. Right. That's that's also interesting. I I mean, I like the way you're speaking because we're kind of building a story uh, as we speak. And I mean, you're, you're speaking from a level which has just seen this film. And me, I've already seen it or, you know, worked with it so long time. So you're rediscovering something with me. I really like it. And uh, I remember that in the script process, that was one of the reasons for this scene to be there. It's a moment of, it's it's an awakening. Uh, I don't know how much I thought about that later, but I know that there's a reason for the scene after it. She's having a manicure done. And at one moment she... Uh, she breaks the, what do you call it, fourth dimension. She looks at the audience. And there's a reason for that. And I guess that connects to what you were just saying. Yeah. And there are other characters, this guy that she works out with at the beginning of the film, and he comes back into her life. And there's the obsessive fans. There's just so, again, a, a world I'm not familiar with, but a world that feels true to what this character would be going through. It, 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 but, it and, go ahead. No, I think that that's like, because please also understand that I am not familiar with her world. I don't come from her world and I don't have, I didn't meet, and I, this is also something I like, I didn't meet a whole bunch of influencers. I didn't want to make a, a biopic based on someone's life, right. but I have the belief that, okay, with my phone and the immense uh, like observational work I did of w- watching other people, which I do on my private time, which I, people all around me do all the time, watch influencers, that's what you do. But I have the belief that I can from my uh, office or from my computer and th- through patience and writing, I can access anybody's body <laughs> and make a film about almost anyone if I have the, enough time. And because I believe that my imagination, I mean, not mine as it's isolated only to me, anyone's imagination, with the right kind of motivation, you can get into someone else's uh, body and write from their perspective because eventually uh, you are the same. In right. A way. And right. you can imagine a credible world for a politician without being a politician, for an uh, influencer without being an influencer. You just need patience and time and uh, good motivation for why you're doing it. Well, and then it's in the film, by the way, the film Sweat, in the film, uh, Sylvia, again, let me underscore just what a wonderful performance Magdalena Koleshnik gives in this film. It's just remarkable. So we contrast with that to her going to a birthday party at her family's house. You can see how just kind of unmoored she's becoming. She's not quite, you know, down that progression, but she goes there. She brings a nice gift. She sits down. And all the family dynamics begin to kick in and they start talking to her in some ways as a family member, but in other ways, as if she is Sylvia, the the workout guru, they start talking to her like she is not there even almost in some ways, which again starts to really, you can see it just gnawing at her. And the way that that scene plays out is it's another beautiful scene at the, at the table and then all the aftermath of that. Is another wonderful scene in terms of sort of moving the story along, but we can see her starting to unravel there a bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's looking for 
I mean, <laughs> the impossible follower, which is her mother, she is looking for her uh, love, uh, which she will, or acceptance, which she will never get the more she chases it. <laughs> and uh, I think she, it's also, I mean, she sets that up on herself. Um, she goes there, she brings a, a gift. Yeah, she makes it about herself. She brings her new workout DVD because she knows her mother hasn't bought it. She even brings a new TV for her or her old TV, a big flat screen, so that eventually they end up looking at her DVD during her mother's birthday party on the big flat screen she bought. And doing that, and they, they all kind of um, make a bit fun of her. They don't, for her, that's important. But if you look at a work video on a birthday party, it's not yeah. going to be the right. effect maybe she wants. Right. So she, I think she, 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 she sets that up on herself. It's like she craves the attention. She tries to steal the show on her mother's birthday party. Uh, now, I, did, yeah, I didn't see it quite as her trying to steal the show as much as she won, as you said, she wanted her mom's validation. She wanted her mom to see, look, look at me. I have made something of myself. I have 600,000 followers. I am, a, you know, and it, you're right. It was, a, it was the wrong way to go about it. It was the wrong time and the wrong place. But that's how vulnerable she is at that point. I think it was an honest attempt, while misguided in some ways. She really wanted her mom's approval. And as often happens in these family dynamics, it it just, you know, hits the rocks. And absolutely. But I think it's it's about what what I uh, when the film was made and I <clears throat> watched it, I like sometime after I hadn't watched it for some time. And I watched it with an like in a cinema. And I thought um, what came out in the end, I, what I was thinking about was that. Oh, she's um, through the film. She's, she wants to be loved on her terms, and that's like the problem. That if she could try to be accepted for people to love her the way they want to love her, uh, or in a different way, maybe that's when she can open up to something new. And that happens in the film. But I think with her mother, she fights very much. She wants her mother to love her the way she wants to be loved by her mother. That kind of block, and the mother will never love her that way. Right. None of them are ready to, I mean, okay, Sylvia maybe more than her mother, but they, they're, they, they're not meeting in that. Right. And yeah, and again, that's, I wouldn't say run-of-the-mill family issues, but that's more in a traditional sense of the perception of the daughter-mother relationships and how that plays out. But for Sylvia, for me watching her, I felt like it was just pushing her further and further towards uh, towards no uh, no good psychological state a, a state in which sure. she's going to feel completely vulnerable and do and make decisions that are just horribly wrong and it's where she needs to be at this point in the story yeah well there's that part. <laughs> there is that part. <laughs> smoking like a true filmmaker uh yes but but as you know you're watching it uh, but again this film i because i don't think the way that I just described it, we're sort of projecting towards something, you know, that's terrible. And I think that one another strength of the film is, is that it ends in a sort of emotionally ambiguous place, but Sylvia feels like she's going to, she's going to be okay. She's going to be, yeah. yeah. We're not Absolutely. sure exactly what that will look like yet, but 
nonetheless, I, I just really thought it's a terrific film. Again, I just Magdalena Koleshnik is just she's just so good in this film when she's happy, when she's not happy, when she's sort of manic, when she's everything about her. And she looks in the part of a, a fitness and, uh, and you know, uh, specialist or uh, instructor or guru. And she just does a wonderful job. So my my congratulations on all counts and the look Thank of the you film. So you fooled me. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm watching the documentary. I thought, wow, this is. But then it, it has a little bit of is this at this point in our film discussion? Is it is it bad to say that feels a little bit uh, Dogma 95? Is Am I? Am no, I... not at all. I, I love Dogma 95. The whole the manifest, I think some it's to this day. I think it's even if you would you look at these films made uh, under the Dogma 95 manifest, they are still so new thinking, controversial, and uh, have such impact when I watch them. And I think it's still something I admire a lot. Good. Uh, and it's so simple. And I think it's, I mean, it's like, um, it's so provocative what they did in such a simple and smart way. And I don't, I haven't seen anything lately. I mean, lately since 95, which has done that <laughs> to cinema the way Dogma 95 did. Well, Dance from the Dark and Breaking the Waves and Celebration, those are some of my favorite films. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I'm a fan. I know that some people took it, you know, there's sort of, it sort of became a, a, a bad thing to be associated with Dogma 95. And the, because there were some bad movies made in the, in, under the umbrella of that. But breaking the waves, dancer in the dark, and celebration, and nothing. Had, yeah, know. but I think I think like um, for sure it became a kind of a gimmick thing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think what the 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 basics of Dogma ninety five to take away everything fancy or that makes things look. It's like taking away all the filters on your Instagram and just shooting raw. Yeah, and say those are the only pictures you can post. Yeah. And uh, accepting that, and then you start looking for something different in the image. Well, I gotta let you go. I'd really, I'd love to continue our conversation. <laughs> We've been talking with the director of uh, Sweat, a wonderful film, and that would be Magnus von Horn. Magnus, thank you so very much for spending some time with us. Thank you very much. It's been great to, to be on and to speak to you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.